tyranny. It's as American as beer and baseball. This is the America Beer, Baseball, Tyranny podcast with your hosts, Joshua Sopko and Aaron Bloomer. Welcome. <laughs> well, that didn't peak the microphone right away before we even get started. Let's get our uh, our skills. So, down. what's the deal here? Hey, so this is what I think. This is I think we got a thing. We have new beer per episode. Oh, I get. So, America beer. We like beer. Do I just get to take baseball? One grab one. So, this is from our friends at Remedy. Remedy Brewing Company. You know pretty well. Yeah, they're so next to your shop. We are. Yep. Uh, it was a deciding factor of where to move. Was next to a brewery. So when my wife and I were looking for spaces, that was a criteria that Juniper top. Apothecary, by the way, ladies <laughs> right. and gentlemen, yep. right. downtown Sioux Falls. So right next to Brewing uh, Remedy Brewing Company, and they uh, just started canning their beer. Yeah, like literally a couple months ago. Remedy's awesome. I thought for our first beer of our f- second episode, Dakota Classic is the had, name of the beer. I haven't had this one, and it's an American lager. So America, America beer, and baseball. So and today we're going to talk about a lot of tyranny. Woo! Guys, I got Josh to agree somehow <laughs> to talk about vaccines. So if you live in South Dakota or and you have your head under rock. Or if you live in New York or California. Okay. Or, or Arkansas. Or you Kentucky. live somewhere else and you don't know. <laughs> we had in the state of South Dakota a bill proposed that would remove mandatory vaccines for public school students. Right. Is that correct? Yep. So in, in, in the gist, yeah. In the gist. So simply put. Uh, so right now, currently, uh, you have to, or if your kids to go to a public school, you have to provide uh, a note from your doctor, essentially, saying that your child has been vaccinated with the handful of vaccines they require. You have to provide the clinic uh, vaccine updated chart. Okay. So you get a chart from your doctor's office or the clinic that shows the the CDC recommended schedule of vaccines, and then they put check marks next to them. Gotcha. And you have to provide that to the school system mm-hmm. uh, to be allowed to receive the public schools education right. uh, that you're paid paying for. So there are exemptions. And I know you're going to disagree, but in theory, well, they exist. in theory, they exist. there are exemptions, which are, and again, you know more on this, but there is a religious exemption, I believe, where if it's against your religion for whatever reason, yep. you're able to, I don't know, I suppose, fill out a form, talk to the principal or the school district or whatever that may be, then they exempt you uh, from having the required vaccines. If your immune system is deficient, correct? Uh, where vaccines could harm you, wink, quote unquote, <laughs> uh, or more likely to harm you or whatever that is, you're not required uh, to have those mandated vaccines. Is there any other situations where you're not required to go to public school? Those, those are the only two exemptions that exist, is religious exemption and, and medical exemptions. Okay. Um, so this bill then, now, everyone that is up in arms about this bill specifically is, and and I could be wrong, I think as an over-generalization, the people who are up in arms over this bill look at it as a vaccine bill. They they call it the anti-vax bill. Where they're saying, 
don't vaccinate your kids. This is stupid. We don't have to vaccinate our kids. Doctors don't know what they're talking about. However, I think the uh, senators or House of Representatives or the representatives that are in favor of the bill and the people who support the bill wouldn't consider it a vaccine bill. Yeah. What would they consider it? Uh, The ones that are in supporting it, that are in support of it, uh, some do kind of still generalize this as a vaccine bill, but at its core, it's a health freedom bill. It's a medical freedom bill. It's the freedom to make decisions for yourself. The people that are proposing this bill and supporting this bills all or this bill all across South Dakota um, does not believe that vaccines are inherently bad. They don't believe that people should not vaccinate. Uh, they just want to have informed consent. They just want to have the ability to say, hey, I'm not sure if this is right for my child. And that includes maybe a delayed schedule. This includes um, an alternative schedule where you can say, let's do these three vaccines, but maybe not these two. And maybe we want to wait a couple years on some of the other ones. That is not following the CDC recommended uh, schedule. Mm -hmm. And that would disqualify you from going to public school. Sure. So that's all this bill does is it just removes the requirement that you have to follow the schedule as mandated to get into public school. So some of the objections then to that would be, well, you don't have to vaccinate your kids. You don't. And you also (laughs) don't have to go to public school. Uh Yeah, that's. So there's a couple of really common themed uh, arguments against this bill. One is vaccines save millions of lives and everybody should vaccinate. Well, vaccines haven't really saved millions of lives, contrary to that popular belief. And we're not going to get into uh, the, 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 the science of it. Like, you can leave that to yourself. So even if you do believe the vaccines save millions of lives and that you should get vaccinated, that's fine. Like, go vaccinate your kids. Make that decision for you and your family and go do that. Because this bill's not saying to not do it's that. It's not saying at all to, to not go vaccinate. It's not adding any barriers to vaccinations. It's not making a cost anymore. It's literally just giving people the... Um, ability to ask more questions and not feel the coercion to say, hey, you have to do this regardless of what you think. Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought, but. So why, so okay, so also to some what people think that are proponents or I've heard out there saying that what danger does an unvaccinated kid have to a vaccinated kid? Is that a valid argument? It is. I, I totally think it is. And most people deflect that argument and they say, well, what about the immunocompromised kids? What mm-hmm. about what about the kids for medical reasons cannot have a vaccination because they are going through cancer treatment is one of the most common ones out there. A lot of kids are experiencing cancer treatments. Uh, their immune systems are basically non-existent. Mm-hmm. And so something like a measles contraction or uh, chicken pox or rubella or something like that can be very, very detrimental to a kid in that stage of their life without uh, vaccines. So whenever you say, like, what danger does a healthy, unvaccinated person cause to society? They say, well, to these select individuals that can't be vaccinated. Uh, that's that's their deflection. And so to that point, they're kind of saying that a healthy, unvaccinated individual doesn't cause a threat to anyone else. Because they, they don't. <laughs> uh, and also there's a piece of that, too, about shedding. <laughs> Right. Yep. So in th- potentially and, uh, you know, you're obviously again there. There is potential that somebody who has just or recently been vaccinated mm-hmm. could shed the disease to someone else. So then in 
theory, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just trying to understand this along with everyone else. Yeah. Uh, somebody who is vaccinated could give someone who is unvaccinated or immune compromised right. measles. Yes, absolutely. Or and, whatever vaccine. Right. Yeah. And when you are, if you have an immunocompromised child, someone who has just uh, started chemotherapy, they go through the list of, of people. Uh, don't go next near people that you know that have been recently vaccinated for the flu or the MMR or like the flu mist shot or the mm. flu mist um, is, the, is the, the biggest one. The flu shot uh, doesn't necessarily isn't prone to shedding. Um, but the measles one, the MMR shot, um, is, and it's on the CDC's website. They talk mm-hmm. about it. They talk about the, the dangers and the risk of it. And now the other the other comeback that people say is, well, that risk is so low that it's, it's stupid to consider such a low risk, mm-hmm. which is always interesting to me because that's fine. Like if you want, like at every point you have to man it, like there's risk in everything that we do. There's risk of going outside. Uh, but you have a, when you have risk, you have to have choice. And that's, that's what a lot of us portray in support of this bill. Like there's a risk in getting the vaccine. If you think it's too low to not worry about, then that's fine. Then go do that. Some mm-hmm. people say, look, I don't want to take this risk. I would rather take the risk of letting my child get the actual measles, uh, which is not a deadly or threatening disease on an individual case-by-case basis. In, in the United States. In the United States with modern healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not prone to cause massive outbreaks that are going to cause a ton of deaths like what we saw 60, 70, 80 years ago when we didn't have modern health care, when we didn't fully understand. We didn't even have really great uh, understanding of sanitation systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have access to clean water in the way that we do now, even 80 years ago. Um, it's, it's just a lot different then than what it is now. So it's not a fair comparison to say, you know, measles and chicken pox and polio were deadly diseases back then. They're not today. Mm-hmm. And, and polio still exists. You know, everybody talks about the iron lung. Well, that's just a vent. That's called a CPAP machine now. They, they've changed the name of the disease. I'm going to fact check that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to get down into too much into the science about it. Okay, so hold on. Uh, there's like 52 questions I've got. <laughs> um, we have a limited amount of time. Right. So the okay so we're talking about outbreaks what happened in minnesota last year with yeah. the the quote-unquote outbreak that's what the media has called it was a yep. measles outbreak in and it was it within the somali community or war largely yeah so what, what happened with that because that was a, a group of unvaccinated people who the government or the media or whoever considered it an outbreak so that is an, <laughs> an a uh that was an outbreak right yeah it was an outbreak of a few hundred students mm-hmm. I think in that select community uh, nationwide that year, there was about 1,200 total measles cases in the United States. It's the highest that we've ever seen since, excuse me, uh, in the last like 20 years or something like that. And so everybody looks at this and say, wow, like look at the spike. You know, it went from literally a handful of cases to 1,200 overnight. um, And then they get really scared. But then when you look at the totality of those 1,200, uh, I think it's about 120 of them, and I'm I'm ballparking the numbers. So if you fact check, mm. give or take a little bit, right? But it's like 120 uh, individuals were sent to the hospital for this out of the 1,200. So you're talking about 10 percent ish. Ended up in the hospital. Out of those 120 of them, uh, it was something like 60 or 65 were classified as severe cases, 
out of those 65, you know, because with with measles and some of these, you get some pretty dramatic respiratory issues that can uh, evolve, which are scary and they need to be managed in a very serious way. Mm-hmm. Um, but out of those 65 that were classified as serious, all made a full recovery and went home and not a single person died. Mm-hmm. And now all 1,200 of those people that contracted measles uh, have a lifelong 100% immunity with nearly zero chance of ever getting measles. Now, everybody else in the country that's been vaccinated for measles with the MMR shot, and it's important to note that you can't get just the measles shot either. They're only grouped. It's only offered in a, in a shot of three uh, or a single shot with, a, with the three uh, vaccines in them. Uh, so all of those other individuals across the country that have been vaccinated for MMR do not have 100% immunity. The uh, efficacy rate is somewhere about 93 to 96%. So there's a lot of people out there who are vaccinated who are still prone to getting measles. So let's go back to the piece of we've had this spike and whether you believe it was a significant or not, 1,200 cases from a handful of cases just five or so however many years ago, that's because everyone was vaccinated, right? So we could... so vaccines the vac- eliminated all virtually eliminated uh measles mumps polio things like that it didn't virtually eliminate it i mean it still existed in the wild naturally in the united states though but the the vax the anti-vax rate of measles specifically has increased from like 0.8 percent of the population to like 1.2 percent of the population Okay. It's not very much. We have not seen a dramatic increase of people not vaccinating. It's ridiculously low. But sheer numbers wise, out of 300 million people, 330 million people, a 1% or a half percent jump and is still... Out, and out of those people, how many died? Or, I, were, or were adversely affected? No, take that same span of 20 years, right? Because mm-hmm. it it's been 20 years. 2002 was the last time um, that we saw a measles case or a, a measles death, I believe, in the United States. Um, and it was a it was an old person that had a severe like they already had issues anyways. So we're looking at this in the last 20 years and you say we've had literally a few thousand cases over the last 20 years in the United States, one of which was deemed an outbreak where you saw this kind of spike in the graph. Right. Not a single person has died from it. Not a single person has had lifelong adverse effects from any of these diseases from contracting measles whether you are vaccinated or not. Right, because there is also a number of vaccinate, or uh, uh, of individuals that have been vaccinated that also contract the measles. For sure. Um, which, which also happens because of that efficacy rate that I kind of talked about. So in that, in that rate of time, we're talking about literally a almost negligible percentage of people that have contracted measles that now can go on living their life normally. They've, they had a couple of rough couple weeks. It was probably scary. Mm-hmm. It was uncomfortable. Measles is not a fun thing to contract from the, um, the images that I've seen, the stories that I saw, um, the videos that I've seen from it. Outside, converse that with the vaccine injury rates that we've seen over the last 20 years has exploded into a multitude of stories, vaccine injuries. Uh, we've had way more uh, reporting injuries from the VARS system, the vaccine adverse uh, emergency reaction system or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, where you can. So define exploded. I don't know the numbers. Right. Because if we say it exploded, um, I think, is it safe to say that 
people have died from vaccines. Yes. Within the last 10 minutes. I mean, the year. You gotta <laughs> let, no, you didn't let me finish. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, within the last, we'll just say five, 10 years, yes. people have died yes. from vaccines. Yes. And that is 100% documented without a doubt. Yes. And the government, well, it, it, uh, the government never says that that's that that's true, mm-hmm. but they've paid out compensation for deaths directly related to vaccine injuries, mm-hmm. which is the whole other piece of yeah. this puzzle that wanna, gets into. I want to get back to the bill. Sure. So the bill isn't about vaccines, even though we went on this 10 minute tangent about vaccines. Right. And the bill is about choice. Yes. Should a parent be mandated by the government to. uh vaccinate their kids no that's the purpose of the bill right it's (laughs) saying the bill is saying no and the bill is not saying don't vaccinate your kids right the bill the bill is saying uh we need to have the choice the biggest um rebuttal to this is josh senators republicans democrats who are in support of this bill you are not a doctor you haven't been 10 years in this you haven't studied this you haven't done that why should you tell a doctor or why would you, why, what makes you qualified to tell a doctor he or she is wrong or the CDC he or she is wrong? That's an interesting question. You've never asked me that one before. Why should there is case in points where two doctors disagree about the vaccine schedule? Right. And a parent should be able to look at that, look at those two doctors and make a decision based on their own judgment of which doctor they want to listen to, right? Sure. The state will listen to the pro-vax doctor. Mm-hmm. Because it's a law. Because, and Right. And if that doctor is not willing to sign a medical freedom sheet, which we've seen numerous times, you've taken that parent's choice away or you force them to move. Right. Okay, so why? Or you also have, here's, here's a better rebuttal to your answer. Uh, we're not necessarily saying that doctors are wrong. We just are choosing an alternative. I say we loosely. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about me specifically. The supporters of this bill are choosing uh, alternative methods to uh, deal with their kids' sickness. There's, there's right. still pox parties that happen. When an, when an individual gets chicken pox, all the parents are rushing over there to let their kids spend the night so they can get chicken pox. Doctors those are, don't, those are weirdo hippies. Right? Doctors don't typically recommend those actions, <laughs> right? But yet they happen all the time over the country. I mean, every, every I mean, every year we have these pox parties that, that spring up. And I, I think they're getting more and more popular. However, I wouldn't call them common. Depending on the, on the circle that you're on in, but yeah. So then you're going to public i've heard this i've heard this as a justification as to why vaccines should be mandatory is you're going into a public space public school specifically a public school specifically you you putting other people at risk is not your choice you don't have the it, it goes back to the risk that a healthy unvaccinated person poses to someone else so people that are vocally in favor and uh, heatedly about this say that you are going into public with your unvaccinated kid, 
you're putting other people at, at risk. And they can provide nothing that backs up that statement. There's no evidence to suggest that a healthy, unvaccinated kid is causing a risk to the rest of the everybody else. They use anecdotal data. They use their feelings in trying to describe that. Or they use the case of immunocompromised kids, yep. which you're going to take a and, and really I'll kind of hone in what that what that argument looks like. But they're going to use the, the case of a select few uh, individuals who are unable to get vaccinated as justification to forcibly mandate vaccinations for a different select few group of people and say these people are more important than you mm-hmm. and your decisions. But really at the heart of what they're of what they're trying to say and this is the one that I hear all the time and it absolutely drives me crazy is you don't have the or I have the right to send my skit my kid to public school in a disease free area. I hear it all the freaking time. You don't have the right to bring your diseases, which we don't have, right? Unvaccinated kids just aren't inherently walking around with measles all the time. I think that's what people think. They, they do. I really do. But regardless, they say you don't have the right to bring that dangerous disease into public schools with my kid. And that, that just has always, that argument has always fascinated me because people don't have a fundamental understanding of what the public dom- domain is and what rights you have over another individual in that arena. It's the same thing of saying you don't have the right to carry a gun on the road because it might accidentally fire and shoot someone else. So no guns are allowed in the public space, period, because they, they're scary to me, and I don't like them. That's not what Gnome thinks. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I think that's interesting. Just because you're not vaccinated doesn't mean you have the disease. Right. Or you will ever get it. Right. Um, yeah. But people think that, that somehow they have a right to control other individuals' rights. So do you have a right to go to public school? <laughs> is it is public school a right? So that's the other piece of the, of the conversation. People say, well, yeah, sure. I don't care if you don't vaccinate your kids. Just don't send them to public school. Sure. And and that's the other, probably the second biggest conversation outside of um, I get the right to tell you to vaccinate because of the public, because of public schools. And they say, well, fine, if you're not going to vaccinate, then don't send your kid to public school. That'd be great. There's a lot of people that don't want to send their kid to public school, but they can't public school we don't have school choice and we don't have education freedom Mm -hmm. it's a separate topic but if you want to use that as your argument and your justification for why you can't go to public school unvaccinated then you have to first remove uh school compulsory laws which we're going to do an entire episode on that by the way i haven't filled you in on that yet simultaneously as this bell type of a thing there there's there's school choice so school compulsory laws they mandate that you have to go to school and you have to get permission to homeschool your kid. Now, on top of that, people say, well, it's easy to get permission, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, usually it is. You still have to do compulsory checks on your education and your uh, there's regulation and how you homeschool and what you can and can't do and yada, yada, yada. That's a whole other conversation. But in that uh, scenario, one, you have to go get permission to homeschool your kid. Two, it comes at great financial cost. 
So all of the people that are not at a threshold or income level to support their kid in a homeschool or alternative school environment is still paying taxes to support the public school system in one form or another. Mm -hmm. So they're not offered that opportunity to alternatively educate their child. So there's not education choice. There's not school freedom. Or I said that backwards. There's not school choice or education freedom uh, for parents to say that. So if you want to use that argument, then go build your own school and mandate that only vaccinated kids can go there. But you can't do that in South Dakota. You can't just go start a school and do something like that. Yeah, it seems like you should be able to do that. Yeah, you can't. It also seems at the very basic level that if um, you don't allow a kid to go to school because of whatever reason, you, they shouldn't have to pay, still pay to go to school. Exactly. That seems like pretty basic. I, th- I would hope most reasonable people would understand they that, don't. but... Maybe they don't. Now, the other now, the other thing that we kind of got into is like medical exemptions. And there are a lot of stories that are going to be going to the uh, hearing this week. This will come out after all of this happens. But they're going to be sharing their testimony about their child's gene mutations. Gene mutations are fairly rare, but they exist and they happen. I'm not an expert on this subject. I'm just going off of their testimony. But they will go to a local doctor and they will discover these gene mutations. And the, and the local doctor will say, yeah, it's fine to, to still vaccinate, even though there's overwhelming evidence that said that individuals with certain gene variations and gene mutations, vaccines can be really damaging and even cause death. I mean, the, for these select few individuals, um, they have good immune systems, but vaccines react in such a way um, where they can't um, dispose of heavy metals. They can't dispose of the toxins that are contained in like formaldehyde. And there's a ton of other junk that's in there, um, which we could get into the whole pro-life argument, too, if you wanted about around vaccines. But the, the point is, <laughs> the point is that vaccines Not can be today. dangerous for, for, for these individuals. Sure. And then they'll go to like a Mayo Clinic doctor. And they will say, hey, um, you know, my doctor is telling me that I still need to get vaccinated. They're making me feel um, like I'm a bad parent. They've threatened in some cases they've threatened calling Child Protective Services on these because you're neglecting your child. You're not doing it right. Uh, All of these things. And and then the Mayo Clinic doctors will be like, no, you can't vaccinate your kid. Like this would be detrimental for you and your scenario to do this. And the state is oftentimes not recognizing out of state medical exemptions. Sometimes they do. Uh, but so we have those real cases where people are not allowed to even make medical exemption decisions for their own kid. You've, you've stripped that away. And then you have religious freedom or religious exemptions, right? There's a lot of people out there and I won't, I'll skip over the, the pro-life aspect of it, but aborted fetal cells are used to make vaccines. It's used in their creation, been used for a long time. Uh, somebody uh, obviously uh, inevitably is going to find an article that says that's not true. And then you can just search like one step more and you'll find about 50 more that said, yeah, here's the most recent vaccines have been created. Um, and, and then they even track. So we've been giving these uh, babies names. There's a couple of good articles out there that we've found. Uh, I'll skip the whole over the whole pro-life thing. But regardless, aborted fetal cells are being used to make these. That is against a lot of people's religions to use dead baby fetal cells being injected into their bodies. In that scenario, we have a ton of charter schools and private schools that are all accepting public dollars that are controlled by the state regulations who are not accepting those religious freedoms or those religious exemptions. They're looking at it and then say, 
well, you claim that you're a Catholic. Well, the Catholic uh, diocese has said that vaccines are fine. So you cannot claim religious exemption because we know that that's not true. And so they won't accept it unless they go get special permission from a priest. The now, Pope. <laughs> from their, from Pope. Like their local priest. Call the Pope. Now they have to go through and jump through hoops. They have to start explaining their situation. You know, now you've just given the state the opportunity to, to say, well, prove that your religion believes this. Which is crazy talk because nowhere in the religious freedom aspect of the First Amendment or any of our uh, uh, religious freedom ideas that we have about our country have we ever said, well, you can have religious freedom as long as it's qualified by the state. As long as the state right. recognizes you and your religion, then we'll allow it. But if it's you and a couple people that get together and form a religion on a Saturday and now try and claim exemptions on Sunday, we're not going to we're not going to recognize that. And so now you don't get religious freedom. Hmm. So you have this religious persecution. Now, there's also another story about a, a group of families that was in, the, in, in a school and the nurse called down. All 15 kids that were unvaccinated in this school called them all down there claiming that she had no idea whether they uh, had their vaccinations or not, but said, if you don't provide your updated vaccination schedules by such a date next week, uh, you won't be allowed to come back into school. Where for, do you think that came from? For HIPAA reasons, for, I mean, the, the, mm. the HIPAA violations, you can't segregate a group of people, put them in a room together and then call them out for not having their vaccination schedules. Because now all 15 of those students know exactly, looking at their peers, who's vaccinated and who's not. And now the rest of the school that knows what happened in that scenario now knows. Now all the teachers know, the administration knows. She just literally called out all the people that had privacy to their medical decisions and their religious exemptions just called into question by the nurse. She should be in jail. Mm, I don't know that it go that far. But I get what you're saying. I feel like, and I know you don't agree with this statement of she's just doing her job, Josh. Uh, she did it poorly and she did it illegally. HIPAA violations are a real HIPAA's serious. HIPAA is a big deal. HIPAA is a big deal. Like you can't, um, I can't just pull you off to the side in group of, in, in a front of a bunch of people and just be like, yeah. hey, Aaron, uh, unless you provide. Yeah, what was this big group of people, though? It's not like she held an assembly and pulled 15 kids out in front of everyone. I don't everyone. know the circumstance. She called the 15 people to her office. So at most, those 15 people know that. And all the administrators that came out and said, hey, what was that about? And the child tells them. And now they'll be like, oh, and now that administrator tells everybody else and everybody else. like, Yeah, I don't regardless, think. Regardless, HIPAA, I, I HIPAA was violated on some level. Regardless, because those 15 people looking at each other have now all had their HIPAA violated. Their their medical privacy was violated. Yeah. And they've just now been persecuted from a religious, everybody that had a religious exemption. How do you know they had a religious exemptions? I don't. They could have all had medical exemptions or religious exemptions, or maybe they didn't have any exemptions at all, and they just were a conscientious objector. Is that a thing in... In the vaccine war, this well, <laughs> so this bill looks to basically add that exemption just without any qualifiers. You're saying like we don't really care if you're religious or not. You shouldn't have to qualify your religion or stake some religious belief. This is definitely a topic I know that we could talk all day about. I I wish one thing. I just wish this this topic is. So so heated and it just the vitriol behind some of these people and and the and I, I get it 
to an extent because we're talking about people's kids and of course mama bears papa bears come out and they get you know defensive as they should but i really just wish for the most part people could just pause um take a step back from the situation and view both sides evenly with open minds and the weird part and i could be wrong and you could tell me i'm wrong but that's kind of what this bill's asking is that people just think about what they're doing yeah the bill's not saying we need to put people in danger there's not a single person who's saying I'm not going to vaccinate my kids because I hope that kid goes in and takes down a bunch of people with measles. They're, they're not doing that. They're again, they're questioning what is being injected into their bodies or their kids' bodies. Um, and so on one level, they're being just as mama bear, papa bear Mm -hmm. as the other level. Absolutely. Um, and so I just wish I, I I just wish people would calm down on this epi- on on, a, on this topic and just like try to think about the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you want to go out there and state it, I don't. I mean, for me, I understand it. I support this bill to an extent. Of if it was my choice to vote on it, I would vote in favor of the bill. However. Um, if I had a baby tomorrow, I would probably get the thing vaccinated. And would would you push a hepatitis B vaccination on their first day of life? No, but they don't do that, do they? Yes, they absolutely do. This is one. We didn't have so much of an issue. So we just had a five, we, six weeks ago, we just had our other baby. And we were very clear when we walked in and said, we're not doing basically anything that you want to do uh, to our baby. And they were pretty okay with it we had a pretty good experience with our uh, second we had a, a home birth with our third but with our second when we were in there i had to sign three forms and each time a different nurse came in and explained to me why i should get the hepatitis b shot for my baby who is literally a few hours old we hadn't even moved upstairs to the to the suite yet we were still down in the birthing room mm-hmm. and i said i don't want your explanation as to why my son should be vaccinated at a few hours old for a disease that is transferred either sexually or through blood right yeah that's it what makes I thought. no sense because i just and they it. were mad at me because i just had va- uh hepatitis a and b because sure. when i went to haiti you had the vaccinations what did I say? You said I just had hepatitis A and B. I did not have hepatitis A and B. I mean, I, I you can you, get it through a lot of ways. Thank you for correcting me. I had the vaccines for hepatitis A and B uh, when I was 35 years old. Which your immune system is well-developed and capable of handling some of those things. And also I was going potentially to a place and it, I didn't, we didn't know the full scope of our work. Yeah. We're going to a third world country. Yep. There's a, in a lot of ways, if we were to uh, make that trip, we would be analyzing very closely sure. what we would choose to get and, and plan it out maybe over the course of a year or two years or three years yeah. ahead of time. So that we're not getting 30 shots at a time. And that's another big issue that parents and parents are questioning. They talk about vaccine safety. Go back to your, your question that you kind of stumped me on parents like what right does a parent have to say like well you're not a doctor 
So you can't tell the doctor uh, what what is good for your kid from a medical standpoint because you don't have that tenure, which to some degree I would agree with. But doctors aren't really taught about the inner workings of a vaccine or the immune system or how that how it works. These are people that come out of MIT that understand and learn this stuff, the ones that are developing the vaccines. Now, add to that one other layer to the puzzle. Parents are saying, well, we'd like to see the safety results of injecting 10 vaccines over the course of six months, which is a real part of the CDC schedule. And they say, well, that's not a thing. We've never tested that before. We've tested each individual vaccine for literally a few months at a time. They've never done, the FDA to, to put out a new drug can take years. And they're already talking about having that, that Wuhan coronavirus. Uh, they've got a vaccine that they claim that they will have out in less than 90 days, which is not possible according to the FDA to, to, to properly vet and mm. do safety procedures on this. And the same thing goes with the vaccines that they put out there. They say, oh, you know, whooping cough, whooping cough is scary. Let's get a vaccine. They did it in like 18 months. They had a vaccine out for whooping. It's, it's, it's insane and crazy. And then they say, well, we're just going to pair up these five together and we'll do them in the same day. And if a parent says, whoa, uh, have you ever checked that before and analyzed if doing that all at the same time? They say, well, each one is safe. They say, no, no, we're asking if you've done all five at the yeah. same time and looked at the long-term outcomes. And they say, no, we've never done that before, but it's fine. Trust me, I'm from the government. Also, too, and this may be a little bit conspiratorial, but uh, there's a lot of evidence and proof out there. Freakonomics did a whole three-episode <laughs> series on it about how doctors really don't give a shit. And how they've, if a, if you go to a doctor who's been practicing for 30, 40 years, most likely that doctor hasn't learned anything new in 30, 40 years. And so a lot of, you know, so kind of long story short, but like they were saying, like, most people want to go to this doctor who's been practicing for 30 years. <laughs> but really, if they haven't learned anything new in 30 years, you want to go to a doctor that's just out of med school because they've yeah. been taught the most recent information. What I'm trying to say <laughs> is just because a doctor says that something's safe or something's right or wrong, right. I, I know we want to trust. I think it inherently the human humans want to trust people. Um, but also I think it's okay to question things. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't and especially when it's affecting us and our kids and our mm-hmm. families and our livelihoods. I it's been too long where people have just said, okay. And that's it. And then they've done whatever, whether it's doctors, whether it's, I mean, so many things. And I think more and more now as we move on with life and moving into the 2020 and, and things, I think it's it's people are be, being less trusting of, sometimes that's probably could be bad, but less trusting of people, more like trust but verify type of a thing. So, so the bill is going to be voted on probably before this episode comes out. Yeah, uh, Tuesday. Uh, they're the committee is hearing, which is the 25th, 27th, Monday's the 24th, whatever. Anyway, whatever the 24th ish, 25th ish of February, they'll be voting on this. This episode's probably going to be coming out the next Wednesday or sometime. So we'll have an up, we could potentially post, post an update for sure. The governor has come out and said that she doesn't support it. She doesn't support anything that involves freedom. (laughs) When, you know, uh, we kind of struggle about the name, like America, beer, baseball, and tyranny, like tyranny. Uh, 
I, I got called out on Facebook and and somebody said, I don't think you understand what that word means. Beer? <laughs> Tyranny. <laughs> Tyranny. They said, you understand like like Stalin was, you know, uh, tyrannical and Hitler was tyrannical and like all these really awful characters. And they're not wrong. Like, yeah, I, I get it. And maybe I'm being a little bit extreme. But at the same time, look at something as simple as a vaccine bill or, or this uh, medical freedom bill to oppose this bill and not having uh, the ability afforded to you to alternatively educate your kid or homeschool your kid. You are forced and mandated by every rule of law to inject your kid whether you want to or not. And if you oppose that, your kid will be pulled out of school. Uh, you could be, and then if, I mean, then what do you do? Then you have truancy laws that come into play. Eventually someone, the point is, eventually someone with a gun is going to show up and force you to do this or throw you in jail for not doing it. And that's the definition of what these guys like Stalin and Hitler were doing. I mean, they're probably not going to kill you unless you resist the arrest, which by all accounts of what the founders were doing, they would have said, why would you, why would you go quietly with the point like stand like this is part of your freedom it's part of your natural freaking rights yeah i i really want i we've had some interesting conversations online i really hope people reach out through the facebook comment on youtube reach out on twitter whatever that is abbt podcast abbt podcast on facebook and uh twitter, twitter. And then we'll have links uh, at to our YouTube on both of those, and then uh, beerbaseballtyranny.com. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting topic. I love the topic. The topic, um, it's a good one. It's a it's a passionately heated one, and and ultimately, while I don't have faith that it's going to pass, certainly not going to pass the governor's veto uh, and be overrid. But the, the important part of why it's still valuable that this bill comes to life, it's the first one of its kind uh, in our country to do something so bold. Uh, and if it's got a, if it, I mean, so it's already historic in just the language and wording of the bill. And if it gets out of committee, that's a landmark that shows that this has enough support so that other states can start looking at the language and say, hey, we can mimic what they're doing and try and get some medical freedom in our state and get some um, just get some health freedom for other parents who are facing these issues. We didn't even get into California and New York, which are working to remove exemptions off of their list, both religious and medical. There's nobody going to be living in California except for homeless people. <laughs> but there are, there are real stories of kids being pulled out of school in New York for their religious, uh, for their exemption status, both religious and medical. And they're thrust back in the families. And then the, and then the state turns around and says, you have to educate your kid and pay and, 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 and pay for it. So let's talk about something even more important. What do you think of this beer? Yeah, I actually loved this. I haven't had Dakota Classic, especially not in a can, uh, but I'm a big fan. It's different. I like it because it's got a kind of a earthy, corny yeah. type flavor to it. So Dakota Classic is a really good name for it. Sure. What's your rating? I give three and a half wow. Liberty Steins out of five. Wow, that low, huh? Uh, Can is, we do quarters? Because I'll give it 4.75. I really liked it. Ooh, you can't do quarters. You can do halves. Four and a half, then. <laughs> I, don't know Man. What, I don't know how to get to a five. I'm, I don't want to come out of the gate with a five. Yeah. But if, this is... If you look me up on Untapped, I'm notoriously hard on beers. So You would be. Three... You would 
three and a half is a good solid beer for me. It's not like I'm gonna go out, rush out, and buy it. But if somebody offered it to me, yeah, I'd absolutely drink I, it. I will buy this at the store next time I see it. It's good stuff. And their labeling is killer. Yeah, I, that's the one thing they really stand out. Their their yeah. labels and things are very different. Super cool. So. Well, right, well, we're going to get torn apart, I think, a little bit. Yeah, if we had... I kind of hope we do a little bit. If we had 10 followers, we now have five. <laughs> do we have 10 followers? <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> All right, man. This was a good one. Yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for uh, talking me into it. Uh, I get a little bit uh, flustered with this one, for sure. I hope we can have somebody on. I've got a, I've got a gal who, sponsor, who put this bill up. She'd be happy to come on. No, I want somebody who is against it. Oh, to like come in a forum and... And debate me. I will moderate, and I <laughs> come, will come, separate this person. Come from tell me about the reasons why you want to put a boot on my neck while you sit my kid in a chair and All inject right. him. All right, but hey, for real though, if there is somebody out there that would like to go on record on camera to talk about just it, just call yourself an authoritarian tyrant, and let's just get on with our day. Jeez, and you hate freedom. That's it. All right. Well, with that, <laughs> thanks everyone. Later. Thank you for listening to the America Beer, Baseball, Tyranny podcast. You can find us online at beerbaseballtyranny.com and on Facebook and Twitter at ABBT Podcast. You can view videos of our episodes on our website and on YouTube, and you can listen to them on your favorite podcast listening platform. Our theme music is Not Drunk by The Joy Drops. Until next time, friends. <laughs>